You're listening to Malka Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Yes, sir, people. Uh, we are joined by Salman Khan, the founder and chairman of the South African Kashmir Action Group. And Alhamdulillah, he's someone uh, that is, uh, you know, fighting for the rights of people, making it relevant and conscientizing the whole world on what's going on. And especially in our part of the world, uh, Salman Khan is uh, known as a conscientizing agent and an activist. Uh, Salman, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell me, how are you doing? Now you're most welcome, Salman, and uh, yeah, great to have you with us. And uh, you know, perhaps uh, the uh, story that we're talking about, the uh, Modi arrest group, and you know, the uh, probe is gaining momentum and it's making headlines all over. And uh, Mufti A.K. Hussein got in touch with me and he said, Shafaz, you have to bring in uh, Salman and you know the uh, different uh, role players there. Talk to us about uh, this momentum, uh, you know, uh, gaining traction and how does that make you feel, uh, Salman? Alhamdulillah, like, you know, um, sanity prevail and Alhamdulillah in South Africa, the land of the champions of human rights, we have been heard that we feel vindicated and we feel that, you know, the law and legislating, you know, authorities here uh, is still unbiased and still, you know, listening to our plea. And Alhamdulillah, we previously we launched the case in 2018 for the war crime, and now we have brought another fresh case, which is the compila- compilation of all human rights across cities uh, committed uh, in the recent years. And uh, we submitted to the NPA uh, 600 pages dossier, and uh, that is a Moody arrest docket, and uh, with a lot of uh, fresh evidence. Yeah, as you say, 600 pages, that's uh, quite a bit of uh, evidence uh, you have there. And, uh, you know, some of the salient uh, features of the dossier, could you reveal that to us, you know, uh, the, the, the type of submissions uh, that you have made? Look, you know what, in any law, in any country law framework, you need to have a prima facie case, uh, whether it is a president of the country or whether it is somebody which is an ordinary citizen. So you've got to have a reasonable witnesses beyond the reasonable doubt that they were implicated or they were tortured, murdered, raped, or um, they have been abducted or their rights has been violated. So, I mean, I can give you in our 600 pages dossier, there is 250 cases with FIRs, which information report registered in Srinagar. And then we have uh, reports of first-hand torture, brutal murder, rape, and of course the list goes on. Look, this is our dossier. I mean, then you have Amnesty International, you have United Nations uh, report of 2017 and 18, then you have uh, Human Rights Watch, then you have, uh, you know, the doctors across the border. And uh, so, yeah, evidence is plenty, but, you know, to taking it to the bull by the horn, it very rarely can happen. Amnesty International never opened a case of a war crime against the many prime minister, serving prime minister, but they do make noise. So here we, alhamdulillah, we have to say thank you to the government of South Africa. First of all, let me say thank you to uh, Yusha Tayyip, Frost Boda, and many other Shabda Mayad, and Zinat. Many other people, uh, Zinat Adam, and many other people have played a great role supporting our cause for the many 2027 years. And without the help of Ismail Tayyip, Yusha Tayyip, and uh, many other, you know, the, the Dokrats, Attorneys, South African Muslim Lawyer Association, or we call it MADA, the Muslim Lawyer Association of South Africa. You know, without their help, this could not have been realized. And of course, yes, we work very, very hard. And 
and we alhamdulillah managed to compile a very substantial report and to making sure that we have not left anything that will be become hurdle for us in a way that we are not abiding by the law or we're not looking into some you know implications to to getting the successful prosecution so the hours and hours of the work event in a lot of investigation a lot of hard work and i can't go into the detail because that could prejudice our you know the case mm. but yes we work very hard to get all these things and you know what it, it is almost an impossible thing to what we doing but you know when allah taala help comes it comes you know there are the days when you think that you are fighting a, a evil doer and you fighting the one of the biggest democracy or so called or one of the biggest economy in the world and uh, it is not possible but when allah taala send you the help like you know david and goliath the small band of the people allah taala always give them a you know success and allah taala always hold their hands so we fighting on the behalf of the wiseless people the wiseless people of hopeless wiseless and helpless people of the oppressed people of kashmir and you see it it is it is significant that we are the only country in the world managed to bring um even we have a very insignificant amount of the muslim people like under 1% of the country muslim people but the faith and the power and the love for islam and serving islam is so huge that our textbooks are been taught in england america and many other part of the country so even though we are a small band of the muslim here but we are very powerful alhamdulillah with allah taala's and hopefully it will continue for generation to come. And I mean, uh, Salman, and you know, perhaps that moment uh, when you met up uh, uh, with, you know, with NPA and, you know, SAPS, uh, uh, describe that moment uh, for us, because I believe they were very accommodating, they gave you a good hearing, and they say, come, let's go for it. Uh, I mean, uh, that in, in, in itself is like a minor miracle, uh, Salman. Yes, I mean, I will tell you is, um, is you know, when you are bringing a case, I mean, it is always a nerve-wracking. I mean, no, nobody can deny that. But uh, as I said, like, uh, our South African government and legislative system is still one of the most progressive and most abiding and most listening. And, and it's still, I mean, thanks God uh, that we had the people like Nelson Mandela, Ahmed Katrada, and um, Sol Plachi, and, uh, you know, Oliver Thambo, those were the, med- you know, the, the law practitioner itself and uh, with our more progressive constitute our um, section ch- chapter 2 of the constitute which is a bill of rights provide this type of activities to take place from the south african platform and alhamdulillah we utilize that as been has been utilized for the people of palestine and many other sub saharan uh, countries so we're using the same preamble we're using the same pretext and we're saying if you saw the african government can lean the hand to the sub-saharan africa and to the sri lanka and to the palestinian people why not us why we should be treated as the orphan child or second citizen so south african government especially the other legislative bodies are very fair and uh, they were very accommodating of course we have to make sure that we provide all the uh, questions and all their concern need to be answered and uh, we alhamdulillah managed to do that and of course our hard work was evident on the table when we sit down and of course we have a very very profound knowledgeable attorneys and the team of the attorneys like uh, you know you should say you've been expert on the you know the human rights those border and uh, many other from the mara attorneys those are in background been working tirelessly to bring this successful case and and hopefully inshallah that 
this case will set up a, a example across the world. Inshallah, you know, Salman, in the humankind, you get those that are for and those that are against. Have you spoken to any Indian Muslims about this and what are their views? And also, you know, the South African Muslims, as you said, most of them have embraced and celebrated this. But do you get the naysayers too, Salman? Talk to me about that. Look, you know what? In we we look at the positive more than the negative. Hmm. They're always going to the people who will call us me, Yusha, and uh, Firoz, and many other my sisters, uh, Shabnam and uh, Zinat Adam was called that we are completely out of line and completely out of head um, during the first case that we brought in in 2018. And I have put it out on record before. Uh, the three organizations, those who oppose that our move. But you know what? That's the past. Now, this time, we didn't find any resistance. I know uh, that there is no resistance and there is no lobbyist from our Muslim community that has, I'll tell you the reason behind it. The reason is being, you know, there's an old saying goes, you know, when you are selfish and you say, oh yeah, there was a robbery happened on my next door neighbor and then it happened on the left side of the house. It happened on the top of the house. And I never went out to help them. I never complain. I never see anything, never do anything. But when they come for me, there was nobody to protect me. So, Kashmiri issue is being for a long time. When people of Kashmir's atrocities news reach to South Africa, it doesn't affect directly. And of course, a lot of people still have the, the, the what we call it, a umbilical cord attached to the Indian. They don't feel that there is something they should be getting involved because they have a property, they have a business interest, they travel to the place and all these things. But in the last eight, nine years, in the time of the movie, um, when the things happen of the nature that where the marginalization of the people happen across India, and I'm sure it is getting worse every day. You look at the Manipur, what's happening, look at the three days. Uh, I think the last week when one of the imam was beaten to the death because he, fought, he, he refused, uh, refrained to shout the Jai you know, slogans. And the people, and it, that is what gets reported. The thousands of the women have been asked for the doning off of the niqab and all. Now it is affecting the actual Muslims living in. And those are the people who have families here. Those are the people who live here. They have families there. So now the feeling that Salman Khan and Yusuf Tayyab and Froze Buddha was not out of the line because it was raising the issue for Muslims. It could be a contagious issue and is a Kashmir. But they never supported it. But now they think, oh, we never supported that. But now it's gone into our house. The fire has reached to our house. Because we thought it's a Kashmir, which is Indian Pakistan thing, and we don't have to, and we have our property. But now their properties has been taken away. The NRA, when it comes, then people wake up to the senses that, oh, I cannot be no longer having a property because I'm no longer living there. And then then now the persecution of the Muslims and in, in India has reached to the stage. Not only the Muslims. If you look at the Christians, the 200 Christians was... Uh, subjugated to the worst and gross human rights violation recently. I think over 200 people or uh, I think the Christian was killed. So if you look at the next slide, if you look at the Dalitis and the, you know, third class, the, the life is terrible. I mean, in India. So how come one can say that India is a luster example of a secularism? It's a very you know, the pluralistic society and it is a harmonic. It used to be, maybe 100 years ago, but it's no longer the case, especially during the time of Amudi. Things have completely gone wrong. And I think we must not forget, we allowed 
as the Muslims of India and the people in a Congress, and Congress is full of the Muslim people, not in the BGPA, you will find, but they allow him to be at the helm of the government. And, you know, if you look at historically where the Modi come from, I'm not talking about his career or I'm not talking about his uh, business, which I'm sure you know where he come from, but we're talking about his political aspiration. He rose to the power from the ashes of Gujarat massacre. And now that is enough for us to be alerted, to know that what his next step is. He went on after the Kashmiris, he revoked the Article 370, he bring the NRA, NOC, and many other things are going to continue to happen because Akhand Bharat, Akhand Bharat, that is a project of the BGP. Nothing but us, and they even have said in their map, there is in the map that is in the new parliament building that has been put, which doesn't show Pakistan, Bangladesh, and even Afghanistan. Even they're saying the holy, you know, the cities of Makkah, Medina is a part of Akhand. And nobody raising the question. Nobody raising the question. We do raise the question when the Israelis put up a map and they say this is the way it looks and we put up billboards across the Gauteng and many other highways. But in South Africa, many Muslim lobbies and many our clergy and the religious body have not raised the issue that this is their the the project, Akhand Bahar project, where Kashmir is not the major issue for them. They're saying we're going to take over from the Indian shore, black, you know, from the from the Arabian Sea of the shores of Bombay all the way to the Black Sea. We will take it over all the places. So, mm. yes, I mean, that, that is where we need to look at it, what is coming ahead. And that all happened in the time of Prime Minister Modi. And when we said we're going to protest, yesterday we had a protest at the Indian Embassy and we're going to continue to protest every day until Modi is arriving. And hopefully he will not arrive into South Africa. But the join us. I mean, why only... The Kashmiris must go and protest. Why not our South African people must wake up and become in numbers and support? Is an issue which affects the Muslims. We should be Muslim first before we are Indians. And um, and also we should be at the forefront, like we are going and we put up the scar for Palestine and we go to every march. But I hard to find in South African to come and support the cause. But having saying that, there are a small band of the people. Those are Jihad Fisabilillah. Those are the people who who are completely unbeing Indian, but if the injustices have been committed in India on our brother and sister and against the humanity, crime against the humanity, they're not only saying it is against the Kashmiris and Hindu, uh, Muslims, they're saying the crime committed under the jurisdiction of Nahindra Modi, it is against the humanity, the crime against the humanity. If we, if we read our, you know, the submission, we, we, we brought that. That is not we talking about only the atrocities and marginalization for Muslims in, in India. We're talking about all the sects, all the people, those who have been, who have been persecuted on the basis of their religion, affinity, or their caste or color. Yeah, Salman, then you find, you know, in, in, in life or even in the world, you find these skeptics will say, oh, look at Salman and his uh, gang here. Uh, they're making a big noise of, uh, you know, arresting Modi. But uh, look at the Arab countries. Uh, they're giving uh, Modi the highest order. You know, they're decorating him with orders. And uh, uh, you find the uh, Emiratis and Saudi investing. I mean, Aramco got millions and uh, billions of dollars invested in India. And say, uh, but uh, look at these people. Uh, they're trying to jeopardize, uh, you know, this cordial relationship. But, uh, you know, some people only think fulus, fulus, fulus. How do you answer them, Salman? 
look, you know what? We need to look at deeper things. Look at the, I was engaging yesterday a room full of the NC veterans and SSCP and South African NGOs, and uh, they don't even know that the Kashmir exists. Right? They don't even know that atrocity has been committed. And uh, I said, as much as we want to condemn NC, as much as we want to condemn South African black, uh, you know, the community, it is on us. The blame fell onto me. First of all, me. I'm the leader of South African Kashmir Action Group. I take the full responsibility. It is my failure to educate our masses. It is my, 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 my NGO people. Those are the members. It is our failure that we have not educated enough. Now, one, that's one thing. Very important. I want you to, I want to expand on it. We are talking about the Saudi Arabia. Let us start from our South Africa, from our home. In South Africa, if you want to write an article, I can talk to you on this radio station, but I'm not allowed to talk about India to the uh, SAFM, to the Jacaranda, to Lotus Forget About It. Any national radio station, you cannot talk about the India. But why? It is a free media. You cannot write any article about the India, against India. Why? I'll tell you why. And that exactly will answer your question about the Saudi Arabia. Now, India has been very successful in offense, charm offense, soft diplomacy, political diplomacy, and they are all, I would say, the Bollywood diplomacy. They have placed and instilled the people in every country. Those are sitting in the power corridor of media, into the businesses, like we are a Gupta's and many still are here, into the power corridor of a diplomacy, in the power corridor of government, in the power corridor of legislation, in the power corridor of the media. Now, let me give you one example. If I want to write an article, there was an article written in a star in South Africa. And it was very much glorification of the Moody, that how reverend he is and wherever he goes, he is like a Bruce Springton and all these things. So I write a lecture to editor and I say, object, and also this is, I have a right to reply. And he refused to publish. Now I go to Ombudsman, press Ombudsman. Now you go and search for the press Ombudsman. Now the press Ombudsman is full of Indians and they are not born South African. They are imported and still into this. IGT, Institute of Global Dialogues. Namely, it is South African NGO run by the Garth Lapierre and late Yusuf Pahad and many other people. It has been now, before it started as a German, now it is fully have been hijacked by the Indians. So out of all the 90% of the researchers are Indians. Now, if you go to the Wits University and you look at the center of, of Indian studies in Africa, one of the Indians, you go to the SIA, which is the South African Institute of the International Affairs, you've got the Indian scholars sitting there. Now, these are the places where the policy makers or policy making happen. They influence the policy making from this institute and they have the leverage to bring a their narrative. Now, if you're going to complain about that my letter is not republished, you have a chances of zero zip to get anything because the Indian is going to say, you're wrong. You know, Moody was okay and whatever, say, it's your opinion, but what is written is correct. You can't find it. In South Africa, you go and search on your own research. Apart from the Muslim media, go and search. Whether it's a Cape Town, whether it's Johannesburg, whether it's a post, whether it's Natal post, whether it's Soita. Every newspaper, they are gatekeeper from India that had been still. And exactly the same thing happening in America. You got 
and uh, the, the, the Sunak sitting there. In South Africa, the, the Dirko, you got the BGP deploy sitting, what his name is, Adil Suklan. He was a DG for the Southeast Asia, and he bucked every move on Kashmir. Now he is the head of the BRICS from the Dirko. So everywhere you go, they have instilled the people into the power corridor. And it's had, uh, now I'm asking you in detail, this is in South Africa. This is exactly what it happened in Saudi Arabia. It's exactly what it happened in Middle East and the rest of the country. So getting an award, somebody needs to get the award, somebody needs to design the award. Award is not something something known. I live in Saudi Arabia and Middle East. It's not known. They started these things and they brought, and who are they I'm referring to? They are the Indians. If you go into the government, apart from this sign, uh, what we call it, a, 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 the stamper of the legislation, but the, basically the structure is all run by the Indians. There was over 7 million Indians are in Middle East, where they are. They are all in high places, in the banks, in the uh, legislatures, and many other officials. And they, their work is to make sure they influence the foreign policy, they influence the local policy, and tilt toward. I mean, having a temple built up in Saudi Arabia and also in the Middle East, 20 years ago, you never think of it. Even 10 years, you never think of it. But they systematically work toward it. And now it is possible. It has happened. It is It is there. And Modi was given a highest civilian award by the, I think it was in Dubai. At the height of it happened, he revoked Article 370 on mm. the 5th of, and he was awarded on the 19th. I write article and send it to the Khalistan, they refuse to publish. But I say it very openly, it is, I say, you know, it is the way of the, your ruler behavior is that you have, you are a brother and you have been tied up on the door and your sister has gained rape. When the rape starts coming, you give him a gold medal. That's what I said. Your ruler is equal to somebody who witnessed the rape and murder of sister and then after is still saying, I have to give you the gold medal. This is a disgraceful thing happened. And um, hopefully, but there are people, those who are getting in politics, if you go and search, uh, call um, Al-Hind, uh, the Princess Al-Hind. She's very vocal against the Indian atrocities in uh, um, in India, atrocities against the Muslims in India. Uh, she's a princess of, I think, um, of one of the Oman, or two, I think, no, is from Qatar. And many other youngsters, those who are going overseas and they're getting into the social activism, they're learning this thing and they're coming back and they start questioning. Of course, it still is not that much, but it's still awakening is happening. They, they're understanding that we're no longer just a royalty and operating. They went to the hardware, they went to the UK, many other colleges, and they see the unions, they see, you know, the debate unions, and they see political activism, they see the human rights activism. Some of them, they get hold of it and come back and they start running it. And now they start understanding that, oh, hold on a second, you know, our Muslim people have been persecuted, and as we are the most powerful lobby in the Middle East, why are we not doing anything? So they have a little bit of a shift, but India is 1,000 kilometers ahead of all our thinking at the moment. They got the people in South African government. Like, let me give you one example. If I don't know if you have any question to ask, I can give you another example. Mm. I do not want to continue talking. No, 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 go, go, Salman. You know, I find you absolutely amazing. I mean, the knowledge you have is, uh, uh, you know, you do justice uh, to the position that you have. Go ahead, Salman. I'm, 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 I'm intrigued. Bismillah. Uh, yeah, uh, 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 you know, 
when, whenever we, we see, I mean, look in South Africa, how systematically they captured. Now, we talk about Gupta state capture. You think there were two brothers were so smart that they capture the South African Aristotle's and ANC? No. It is actually, there was an Indian undercover operation, the covert operation, or we call it a covert operation happened, and they had their intelligence forces in every spree of a Gupta builders business, whether it was a media, whether it was a finance, whether they were doing the money laundering, okay? We talk about the FBC closed down, Pakistani bank closed down, and we make too much noise. But we don't say the bank of Gupta ran away. Why? Because after that, the money laundering, and they were fully involved in Gupta's all the illegal transactions. And before it, they come, five years ago, they quietly lock the bank and run from here. Bank of State of Broda Bank is huge. I mean, like a state bank. Now, these people, the Gupta brother didn't operate on their own. They had the intelligence officer and they have the people still in South Africa. I'll tell you one step forward. I invite my listener to do the research. In 1970s, there was a many South African was traveling overseas and many South African was given, we call it a Nehru and Gandhi scholarship. Nehru and Gandhi, different two different scholarships for medical science, but they took I think over 100 graduates from South Africa, from Hindu and Muslims, to the New Delhi and many other place, places for a journalism, right? Now, those people have been indoctrinated. I mean, I have a friend, mm-hmm. a friend who is a CEO of a very big media house. I don't want to give the name because he's already in the hot water with many other issues. But I sit with him and we talk on a many forum, and I show him the injustice in Kashmir and all. He said, I understand that my hands are tight because I have been brought up in India in the journalism. Even though I'm the CEO of the company and I can see my radios are doing injustices, they cannot publish, but I cannot do anything about it because I don't think so that I can go against the people that who educated me. And I think we have been told that the Kashmir is an integral part. So this indoctrination happened many years ago. So what we see today, the total control of media I mean, I'll give you one example. Uh, I can't remember the lady name. So she was the head of the SABC, right? Eight years ago. And there was a movie was about to be played, which was a purely a movie which was to dehumanize the Kashmiri struggle as well as the Muslims and jihadis and all the same. So when I found out that it was running, and I said, that's very illegal. That SABC and uh, uh, like, you know, in India and a lot of Muslims. So I write a letter. And after the like week of the fight, that was resolved. And then she had no idea what was the movie content was. Now when she actually watched it, she said, thanks God that you alerted me because I could have got such a backlash. As a Muslim, I would have never allowed this movie to be running on SFC. So, so how do you actually get this? You say, Saman, to be honest with you, I get the package from India and this movies get dictated by the New Delhi that these movies you must play in South Africa. So I said, we take it as a package and we play because they give us a free ticket and all the good shows come here. And under that, all these things, these politically motivated movies, which is first against the Muslims and secondly, always top Pakistan. So when I pointed out there was a several movie was played that actually have negative connotation attached to Pakistan. She said, yes, I can see it's too late for me, but I'm not going to play any other movie until unless I sit and watch myself personally. Because I understand our black African people, those who look at this movie, they love it because they see the dancing girls or nothing, but they don't understand 
the complexities. I said, but who are these people? So, of course, you couldn't tell me there are the people, you know, the think tank in India, the, all the intelligence and all. But this thing's been happening, slow poisoning of South African Muslims has been happening by the India very subtly for the last 30 years. Hmm. And that's why we do not have any support for Pakistan. We don't have any support for Kashmir. And, 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 and I do not know if that makes sense to you. Now, another thing in you know, on this very important, I like to bring, and I mentioned yesterday in my seminar as well. I say it is not easy to be blamed for not supporting the issue of Kashmir. It is not SAPC. It's not, no NGO in South Africa do, do not understand the issues of Kashmir. There is a very good reason. And I, I will tell you. And I think this news needs to go into our, our Muslims politician circle. They have always mentioned, and I study that as well, at the time in the 1956 when the Indian National Congress, which was formed by Natal by the Gandhi, it emerged into the ANC in 1956. You remember that? Mm. Right? Now, at that time, most of the people were Hindus, and of course, there was a lot of Muslims as well. Now, they were brought in, they were brainwashed already the school of thought by the Gandhi, and of course, they took the toe of, it's still, I mean, you know, I go to the mosque and I see this one, the Pakistan should not have been, have been existed. And I'm coming from the Morana, eh? thousand people, and saying that he still thinks the Pakistan creation was wrong. And then I confronted him, say, oh, no, no, I, I say it in other context. But no, no, you just say that. I mean, you are the mosque. And there was a big bang, right? Now, this all the indoctrination happened in 70s and 80s and 60s. Now, this Indian National Congress, I can I can give you the name and you will, I think you know the names of these people. They were very highly positioned in ANC. Some of the Muslims, mostly majority of the Hindus. My comrade, those who I fight in England along with them, Pratis of National Mandel and all these things in 1987 and 88 and all. Now I meet with them and I go and fight with them on the Kashmir issue. They say, you're right, 100%. I, I, you know, I'm talking about the top guys, okay? They say the problem is, NC is a process organization. We don't do anything without going to the process, which I'm sure everybody knows that. They put things in us, you know, in, in, into the processes, checking and one debate, another. So when you come and you give a presentation, we'll listen to you that we invite people. And I don't want to give you the name because that will leave the cat, uh, you know, the against the pigeon. They give me the name of our Muslims and Hindus, those who get invited on the issue of Kashmir to get their input, and they say, "Hey, this Salman Khan is mad. Don't, don't, bend him. Don't even let him come to the to the house because he's talking rubbish. There is no crime. Is India is beautiful country, and there is nothing is happening there. The biggest democracy is all the false propaganda. They are jihadis, and, they, and this coming from the ANC, our Muslims ANC top hierarchy in the." Uh, in the Tuli house. Now, who is going to listen to Salman Khan when somebody who being the part and parcel of the ANC for the last 30, 40 years, will go and discredit the issue of Kashmir in the Tuli house? What the chances I have to take that case further or how I can convince the South African government, which is led by the ANC, that Kashmir issue is a real issue because our people blocked them. And I'm sure you, you, you I'm not going to repeat because we have insulted them enough. There was a three NGOs those who stood up against our case, they called me, Yusha, other our sisters, everybody and names. And these three NGOs, one come from a Cape Town, one journal, one from Turban, 
business NGOs and all, uh, top NGOs. Those was also uh, rolling the red carpet for the Moody when he was coming in, in the BRICS. These people were the people who went to the parliament and said, this group of the people from Kashmir and this Yusha and everybody, they are high. We are, we are welcoming Muslim community, present Muslim community, and we are welcoming the, because they wanted a few granny points to be in parliament and few, you know, the gala dinners. So they oppose us. I'm not talking about 20 years ago, 30 years ago. I'm talking about four years ago. They opposed. They went to the write a letter to the president and parliament. They said, we're representing, the, by and large, the Muslim community. It must not be this uh, case of the Modi. must not be heard and we should not because uh, Modi must be allowed and is very good for the economy. You know? And I can know privately, I can share the letter with you and then I'm sure you, will, I'm sure you know who these people were. And um, and then when we, we we confronted them, we talked to them. They have no place to run. They have no place to run. But now, the the you know the line has turned on them because they have properties in India, and now they must be thinking. Look, you know what? We we said it was wrong for Salman Khan, Yushakti, even forced Bhura to bring the case against. But now our people are getting killed in Gujarat, in Meerut, the Sudet, and Bombay. Not only in Kashmir. So I think I have given you the good context for the injustices done. So how do we go and pinpoint the fingers on Arabs when our own home is not clean? Hmm. You know, Salman, uh, you got a good uh, point indeed. And uh, but uh, you know, also looking at uh, the, you, you 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 tickle my brains when you talk about the Indians and uh, you know they say that uh, Jinnah and uh, you know Gandhi and Azad uh, they didn't want that partition. Uh, it was this uh, Jawaharlal Nehru who was, uh, you know, something like a fascist. I mean, he just wanted uh, the partitioning. Uh, how true was that? If uh, Jinnah, Gandhi, and Azad had their way, uh, India wouldn't would have uh, wouldn't be partitioned into Pakistan and India. What's your thoughts on that, Salma? Okay, there are many school of thought, the many contradictions, and all that. I think Jinnah definitely was in for Pakistan when he realized it. When he realized the Indian National Congress. As is changing its way. Its agenda is very anti-Muslims mm. and anti-minorities. Jena already sniff what is going to be. They're going to demonize because when you go to the negotiation table, there were always VP Patel and Walawabai and other people were invited and very lack Muslim representation was there. So I think the Jena realized that this is going to be very detrimental if we decided to not to ask for a separate land for the Muslims. Because in 1935, in 1935, it was already decided that the India will be, the, the British Maharaj will exit at some point in time, right? Okay, it go into the history. Why? Because in the World War Two, first and two, uh, the World War One and two, mm. Indian, uh, sorry, the British Empire was getting weaker and weaker. And they didn't have enough resources to keep the deployment of the soldier overseas, they could not because they lost heavily during these two wars, right? So there was it was imminent that they have to roll back their empire and consolidate. They need to go back. They take away from a lot of places they left in at the same time from the Africa and um, and, and also the Southeast Asia as well as including the uh, the India and Pakistan or Indo Pak, right? They realize it is going to happen, but they want to be, still be in charge. So let's say. How do we going to leave this big empire into the hands of a Muslim or Hindu? 
So they wanted to divide that. They already had that. So I want to invite you. You know my book, I have done my PhD and my MA research. And in that, my first part of my research is MA politics on the UJ. I've written a book and I can share the book with you one day. when uh, I'll invite you. It's on the 19th. My um, launch of the book. I have actually illustrated all these documents, what I'm talking to you about. In that document, it shows already they're talking about this India when the subcontinent, when we liquidated our British Empire and move away from here, it will be divided on the basis of either the, all the Muslim populated area will become a nation, India, and then that time there was no Pakistan name. It only emerged afterward. So in 1935, I'm talking about. So first act of Indian independence, which was approved in the Capitol Hill in, 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 in England, the parliament, upper house of the parliament, house of the Commons, it was already decided they were going to be the majority area of the Muslim, what we call a Muslim land, Musliman land. And then, of course, you could call afterward, it would become a Pakistan. So there was no. And then the people within that composite of the Indian Indo-Pak subcontinent, there was a 560 independent state, namely like Junagar, Hyderabad, Manuwara, and many other UP, and then of course Kashmir was one of the biggest territories. They will be given a very, because they had the chamber of prince directly in the British parliament. They were used to govern their, all the affairs from the British chamber of princes. These people were told that your independence will be fell off from the, you will be become independent because the paramount of the British Empire will lapse in 19, in going ahead, that time it was not decided in 1947, but in 1935. So British paramount will lapse. And when it lapse, your independence will be stay as it is, but you cannot continue to operate either the exceed to India or Pakistan. And if you decided, the, the, the people within your country have decided to continue to be, continue to be a part of a, a independent country. Like, look, I'm giving you, an, uh, people will not understand that. When the British was leaving from here, the Basutu was left as a British colony or British empire or whatever they call it. South Africa never went on to take it over, like the India went on to all the small territory and all the small kingdom that took it over. South Africa never went. So Lesotho is a very good example. Same happened. There was a many type of there was a more than five hundred Lesotho's in India. All have been incorporated forcefully. If you look at the history, forcefully, according to the British um, Act of Indian Independence, how the partition will happen. Those things was not a part of India. Five hundred eighty. It was only where the, where the Hindu majority did reform. So India came out with the idea of like, you know, you become an Indian Union, part of the Indian Union, like United States of America, but now it's no longer your rubbish. You're gone. Hyderabad, one of the wealthiest states in the world at a time, it was taken. The Hyderabad, the Deccan, and many other, Masur. So what I'm trying to explain to you is that the India is today what it is. It is a composite on a stolen land. Let me rephrase. Hmm. What is India today is, if you go into the history, is based on a stolen land. And at some point in time, I give you two examples. Junagarh, Hyderabad, and Maniwara. These three of the states have in United Nations government in exile. I want you to Google it. Don't listen to me. Google it. Government in exile, it means there is a legitimate case of 
kingdom overthrown and taken over by the Indian government. I'm not talking about Kashmir. I'm not talking about many other 500 states. I'm talking about three or four of them. Those already have a government in exile, which has been registered and has been legitimized by the United Nations. Because there is a special institute which deals with these issues, right? The chapter, I think, four or five of the United Nations. Now, India is, is, is not a union by a harmony or is by a consent. The Indian Union was by force. Hyderabad was attacked by 27 locations despite having the Muslim majority. Junagar is exactly the same. Kashmir was become a problem because it was not in the vicinity of India or in the territorial dispensation of India. It was on the border of India and Pakistan, so it became a territorial issue. But many other things has been illegally incorporated, which nobody asked about it. So India is actually composite on a stolen land. And going forward, these small, 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 like Junagar, Hyderabad, and many of those who are now looking for their separation, India have a future of a disintegration. That's where they're heading toward. Mm. And as a Barack Obama, who is also a very crude upon our history, I said this 10 years ago. I said it five years ago. I said it many channels in South Africa that India is heading toward the disintegration. I do not know whether the Barack Obama took my word and used it, or Barack Obama also stated the way I stated. He also seen it. The India composite on the stolen land. And Barack Obama recently has said that if the ill-treatment of the Muslim will continue and the ill-treatment of the minority will continue in India, India is looking to be disintegrated. It's not coming from me. Even is originally is my word. It's come from Barack Obama. To, to, to validate my my perception, my future forecast that India is heading toward the disintegration, the way BGP is pushing the button onto the radicalization of the India and the Hindus, and the atrocity has been committed at the level which is completely unabated, and the sanity, uh, one sanity of the political party, Congress, is so broken, is so disintegrated because of the dynastical issues, it's nowhere that is going to emerge as a competitor or win any party. So there is no competition. And BJP will continue to contest and win and win and win. The more BJP will get strong, the more persecution of the Muslims, minorities, the Christians, mm. the nationality will continue. And if that continues, the civil war will grow and civil war will see the India disintegration. And I can tell you, I mean, you can write my word and uh, in 20 years you will see. Look, the Russian Empire, 40 years ago, they got into the hands of the biggest empire in the world and nobody can destroy And then what happened today? It disintegrated, nowhere to be found. And red empire or saw empire that used to be 30, 40 years ago reduced to the Moscow. Watch my word, record my word. If India do not stop its policies of a of a persecution of the minority and the ill-treatment of the Muslims, Christians, Jews, and uh, many other Dalitis, and the Sikhs especially, those who are the very big and the propeller of the economy and especially the agriculture, India is held toward the disintegration and it will be broken into more than 27 states, different independent states, and if there will be in India, it will be maybe New Delhi, there will be a, maybe on the Lal Kila, there will be maybe a one flag, so that used to 
with the India flag and now it is unfortunately like Russia. Look, I mean the history shows us if the Red Empire from from one corner of Saint Petersburg all the way to Turkmenistan and Afghanistan and all the way going there, gone, finished, disintegrated. Where the today the Putin is sitting. Same will happen to the India if India do not come to senses. Because India is getting into the head, they will walk over, they will cross. Now the Indian Indian Defense Minister last week said that, you know, we will not be shy away to cross over the Pakistan side of the Kashmir and take over and maybe we'll also continue to finish disintegrate Pakistan into the pieces. Finish. If that type of attitude you have, this is the same thing happening. When you go and you're bigger than, I don't want to say the word, mm. you know, uh, but you know the hernia, we, you know where the hernia starts from. Mm. And then it became a pen. If you, this, your supremacy come into mind that you are so big, our economic power, the whole world is want to do a business with us. Same happened to the Russia. They get so big-headed and hot-headed. They get into the Afghanistan and it's become a black hole and the disintegration happened. And India's, India black hole will be the Kashmir. They will start from a Kashmir, the war that will never finish. And then they will might experiment or maybe misadventure into the Pakistan. There will be also another big mistake. And then what will happen is all the fiscal power, all the fiscal deficit that they think that we got so many billions of dollars sitting in American banks will be lasting 100 years of the war. It will all disappear. The Red Empire doesn't exist. It's gone. So do the India, if they think they can be so powerful to attack the neighbors, and Akhand Bharat will be that there will be no Afghanistan, there will be no Bangladesh, no Nepal, no Pakistan, no Kashmir, even Saudi Arabia will be taken because the original part of the Akhand Bharat is. If that's what their ideology is, unfortunately, I have to say, and I have to repeat again, the India will be disintegrated by its own, I and mean, it will be a suicidal. If the people of the India and the progressive forces and the educated class do not understand that where this fascist government of the BGP is heading toward, this is where it is going. You know, Salman, uh, you are so uh, informative here. Uh, one or two questions that comes to mind, and uh, one is that, you know, America actually called uh, Modi uh, the, uh, you know, he was a terrorist. He was put on the terrorist uh, list, and suddenly when he became prime minister, they embraced him, they celebrated him uh, recently, they gave him a red carpet treatment. And it seems as if the West, even, uh, you know, okay, Mandela in another case was uh, like an angel compared to uh, Modi, Modi uh, known as a butcher of Gujarat. I mean, the is the Westerners or the Western nations cannot be trusted, uh, Salman? No, look, you know, when you talk to America, I think you're going towards the other geopolitical angle. America, you know, what is Buddhist stand for? What the atrocities are happening in America? The bill has been passed, the European Union passed, that um, India is definitely is committing the uh, crimes against the humanity and the minorities and Muslims and Christians, I mean, if you read recently the European Parliament issued that statement, the notion, American, um, you know, the one of the chamber, I can't remember, the Congress, they have also issued the same statement. They say that India has been put onto one of the list of the most, you know, the warrant uh, nation and uh, committing of the... Now, coming back to the point, Americans know that. Americans know very well. But, look, Saddam was groomed by the CIA. Nobody, nobody can deny that. Huh? But then they, then they get rid of him, right? Because he turned against the donor. Now, they will use Modi, and I will tell you why. Uh, uh, you know, I'm also a geopolitical analyst. 
America, you know, the growing might of Chinese one road, one belt, and the CPAC. They know where the world is moving, where is the balance of economic powers are moving, where is the multilateralism is moving. They know that they're losing their stronghold in the Southeast Asia because they lost uh, the Ukraine, you know, that they're on the back foot. Afghanistan, they run away. Uh, second time, they run away again. Now they don't have stronghold in the Southeast Asia. The bases are depleting, right? They are rolling back. Donald Trump realized that if they continue ex their offense war strategies, it will be detrimental. That's why they rolled out their, uh, you know, the plan of war in the first Iraq and Afghanistan. Now, America need a bulldog. Their bulldog in 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 uh, Arabian Peninsula is Ismail. They need another one in Southeast Asia, which will be the India. So America will support India to go against the might of China mm. and expansionism, and they will do anything to please him. They will think to please him, and that's exactly what geopolitics are playing. That okay, we can't fight with Chinese directly because in the Southeast Asia they give us a trouble, but here. We want you to be part of it. You know the court. I'm sure you heard about the court. Hmm. The court agreement and the pact is a, another economic block, which is Australia, New Zealand, and uh, Japan, and India, and PSA, right? What it is. It is like a NATO in Europe. It is an, another one block against the China and Russia. And Chinese are very well aware of it. Now, you know there is a border scrimmages in the border dispute in the northwest of India between you know, that Ladakh and that area where India lost 300 kilometers. In the 1962, they lost a huge territory of a Kashmir, which is called a Sakchin. Uh, uh, I think it's called Sakchin Chin. If you go and look at the map, there is a area has been taken away in 1962 to war. Now, America know that if in the, if, if the, Pensionism and the economic growth continue where it is. Like world total world production, forty-five percent of the world total production happening in in, in in China, right? And they are destined to grow further and further. China will not directly fight because they they relied on export to they are one of the biggest trading partner, and uh, they're very passive. But America want to weaken China by bringing America uh, bringing India into theater and maybe push them to the limit that you are so big we will support you and we will provide the military support Pakistan is nowhere to be found we will disappear them and then you can also eye to eye to the uh, to the China so that's where the West is and when we talk about the USA the USA and the West is part of a trilateral commission I'm sure you know the trilateral commission mm. it's USA Europe and Japan and of course, if you look at the CFR, which is the Council for the Foreign Relation, their ideology is that American hegemony must continue. And American hegemony is, is European or Western hegemony. So for them to counterbalance the economic might and the territorial and the military might of the China, they need India. And India will be become a scapegoat and India will be used as a proxy war and the Indian government and the Indian intellectual and the think tank must think twice. But America is nobody's friend. When you use, then discard you, like underwear.
Hmm, absolutely, Salman. And uh, before we let you go, we have to ask you this uh, question here, Israeli-Indian alliance. Was it, uh, you know, when Jawaharlal, uh, when Ben-Gurion vis- visited India many, many years ago, I don't know what year that was, and, um, you know, um, uh, Jawaharlal Nehru, uh, this is what he said. He said, Yeto Hamara Doste, this man is our friend. Because he is the enemy of the, uh, of the Muslims. I mean, uh, you know, that statement uh, stays in the annals of history. And now you get this unholy alliance between Israel and India. And, you know, many of the uh, types of uh, insurgencies uh, that they uh, perform is identical. The Indian, ins- uh, you know, uh, method of uh, per- perpetrating genocide in uh, Kashmir is so much of uh, that of Gaza and the IDF, uh, talk to us about that scenario, Salman. Yeah, I know that we are over on the time of the interview at the Pakula, and we can always go back and again discuss on these issues. But you are correct, right? I, I think to sum it up in a way, uh, I want to point out a very recent book has been launched in South Africa and internationally as well. This is called, I do not know the title, but um, I think it's called Azad Isa. Azad Isa has written a book, it's called Unholy Alliance, something like that, I can't remember the title of the book. That is the story between the, the collaboration and alliance of the Jew, Jews, Zionist, and RSS of India. And we go into the detail, a fascinating book, mm. excellent research, and if anybody can put their hand on it, Azad Isa recently book, and I think it was launched in South Africa as well, virtually. So if you can get it, I don't think so that I would be doing any justice to give a description of what he wrote. And, and of course, you know, if anything I say, people say, oh, no, it's Indian. Read that book. The independent analyst of the trade situation, and he has unpacked how much the trade, I mean, India is the biggest importer of uh, Israeli arms. No doubt, right? Israelis Air Force, the Indian Northern Command Air Force, controlled by the Israelis. Right? Now, 1971 war. Go back in history and look. 1971 war where the split of Pakistan and Bangladesh happened was architected by General Balfour. Who was General Balfour? Go and look at the time of the surrender. He was sitting with the General Arora on the table. If you go to the history, you will see that map and you will see the picture what I'm referring to. Who was General Balfour? General Balfour is a Jewish, Zionist Jewish, and he was the commander-in-chief of the Indian Army, command and control of the Indian Army in Bangladesh. So he is the one who architected the split of India as Pakistan, East Pakistan and West Pakistan. So India and Israel alliance, unholy alliance, we go with that, and you rightly mention. But then, why do people say that, you know, India is not against the state of Israel and he's supporting the Palestine? Because I think in the United Nations, he said uh, the issue of the Palestine must be denied, you know, decided by the United Nations resolution and so on. Apart from there is no other support in the international fora, it shows that India supports Palestine. Mm. So your your question is need more canvas okay. to paint the picture, but Palestine doesn't allow us. But uh, India is the biggest, you know, uh, the, 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 the uh, trading partner with Israel, especially when it's come to arms and ammunition. But I ask the question, look, you know, we talk about, you know, we must boycott Bulwark because they support Zionism. We must boycott the Clover. And you know, our, what is the name? Um, uh, 
decide, right? Then it decides. He always, I want you to come and talk to me on the radio. But he never said a boycott India. Why we must boycott Woolworth? Because he's just buying a salad product. We must boycott a product and clover because they did. Why? Why? Again, why Israel is very interested and why they have a very big trading partner, why they are doing what we could you call it like shed um, um, uh, shed Pakistan is successfully done it is to get to the Pakistan. So this very simple analogy here. Gee, Salman, Jazakallah for your time, and uh, Alhamdulillah, you know, you batted well uh, the, uh, on the show uh, today. Allah bless you, and Allah keep you. We'll talk to you soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yes, uh, food for thought uh, coming through there from uh, Salman Khan, and so many issues coming through. Will Modi come? Will Modi not come? And uh, you know the top uh, types of atrocities that he is uh, perpetrated. Salman Khan had also taken us uh, through the history of India, and uh, you know his insights are absolutely brilliant. Also said uh, that he's uh, written a book, and he said that we should be reading the book of the Unholy Alliance between India and uh, uh, the Israelis. And uh, Alhamdulillah also, uh, my gut feeling, well, what will happen? Will Modi come? Will Modi not come? Uh, maybe, or maybe he will not come. That's what I feel. I think he'll come uh, via Zoom and so forth. And, you know, but uh, maybe, you know, when we talk about all these issues, uh, Salman, you know, earlier on had told me that, you know, the media pressure is also very important to keep the heat on uh, those uh, that oppress people, those that oppress uh, minorities across the globe. The, the heat should be put on them, and especially the Indo-Pak uh, issue, uh, we should be discussing uh, that uh, more often. Time for us to go for the Isha Azan, and inshallah, we will continue after that.